This is Stephanie, and this is the Mocha Minutes Podcast. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let you know about something that's a little new here at the Mocha Minutes Podcast. We are now participating in Buy Me a Coffee. So, If you haven't heard, buymeacoffee.com is a place where you can show some um, support and some love monetarily to some of your favorite content creators. That includes me. (laughs) Um, So it's in the increments of either a dollar, three dollars or five dollars. And you can do as many as you would like. Um, So I just wanted to let you guys know would love, love, love some support. So if you would go to buy me a coffee.com backslash mocha minutes. I would greatly appreciate it. It will also be in the show notes. Okay, here we go. As I stand here contemplating all the right things to decide, will I take the wrong direction of my life or will I go? What lies ahead of me? Strong determination, and I'm not afraid of change. I have yet to find that someone who will care to satisfy me, to stay right by me. Oh, who can I run to to share this empty space? Who can I run to when I need To share this empty space that I'm after, who can I run to when I need love? Hello, welcome to the Mocha Minutes Podcast. I am Stephanie. Thank you so much for en- for joining me and for indulging me in my earworms that I've been doing for a little while, y'all. I just like them. And sometimes things just pop into my head. I'm like, I kind of like this song. I just... Love it. And that cover of Who Can I Run To by Escape, hands down, a bop, a eternal, everlasting bop. It will never not be a bop. It will never, ever, ever, ever not be a bop. Okay? Ever. Ever. It will never not be a bop. So thank you so much for joining me. So you're going to be getting this episode right before Afros and Audios that's taking place. So excited to do this again. This is the fifth year in a row and it's in my hometown. When I tell y'all, I am just like, wow, this is the first year where I didn't, well, technically it's the second year. I feel like during 2020 and the COVID of it all, it's like, I feel like that doesn't count because it was completely virtual. Um, But to be able to not have to think about travel and that's just from a Stephanie thing because Stephanie's always traveled for this. Um, so not only is it here in Baltimore, but also I get to see some people. It's like when it was virtual, it was like, oh, it was virtual because, you know, out of necessity. But this year is home and it's like I get to travel. I'm not thinking about I'm just excited to see people that I have not seen or people that I'm excited to see that I've never met. I'm, I'm actually going to you know, prayerfully, because I'm like, I want to make sure I see this woman. Niamade is going to be at Afros and Audio, and I really cannot wait. I cannot wait, because I'm like, how long have I been 
We have recorded content together. I've been on her YouTube channel. I have talked to her in the DMs. So I'm very excited to meet her. I don't know. Does this does that sound overly excited? And I'm just glad to see Talib again. I'm glad to see like when I if I get to see my Latrice, I don't know. This time I might jump on her. This time. She she was lucky when we was in Atlanta at Podfest. But let me tell you something. If I see I'm jumping on her, and that's it. Just saying. Yeah, because she was lucky at last year's Afro's and all year too. So, you know, she, she lucky I don't just pounce on her because I might. Um, so yeah, very, very excited about um pod you know afros and audios glad that my family is going to be coming very excited um my friends are coming you know it's just going to be a good time I just need this love it's been a little bit mentally for me it's been a little bit rough for the last couple of weeks so I'm just been like I'm very excited I'm very excited I'm just like it's that nervous energy but it's I know it's going to be a good time I already know so I'm just Really, really, really excited to do so. So, can't wait. So, let's talk about a few topics. I I sound like a pre- preacher when I say this. I won't be before you long. But let's talk about a few things, okay? So, the first, I don't know if you have been listening to it on your titles, your Spotify, your Apple Music, or if you have just bought the album. Kirk Franklin's new album, Father's Day, is a very good album. Very, very just soothing And I have to say, I'm very impressed by this album. And it is very just, I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it. It just puts me in a place. So here's the thing about Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin's resume is long. His stretch is long. His influence is vast, right? I still remember when God's Property, like he came out with God's Property. He did the song, had Salt from Salt and Pepper on the song. And there were people saying he was a little bit too secular. I don't know, girl. You a little too secular. Mind you, his resume speaks very churchy if you really look at it, right? So there are a lot of people who were like, I don't know about Kirk. He ain't really, you know, the churchy. He ain't really like a gospel, gospel artist because he was. he's able to do something that a lot of people aren't if they're gospel artists. He can thread that line. He can thread that needle of... Um, Secular and gospel music and basically interweave a song that is just beautiful. Father's Day is no exception. So when that whole thing happened with Sunday service and I watched how people were so welcoming of that, I thought it was hilarious because I remember the first time that I saw it and I said, you know what? Kirk Franklin would like a word with y'all. He would like a word because a lot of people gave Kirk Franklin a whole bunch of BS about this. So I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all said Kirk can be too churchy, but y'all get, mm, no, you know what? Nope. Let me not go down the rabbit hole. I'm saying this to say I recommend Kirk Franklin's new album, Father's Day. Pick it up. Stream it. It's very good. Um, there is a song. I have to look up to see which song it is. Just got to look it up. So it's a song called Again. And it has... Chandler Moore, Tori Kelly, Jonathan McReynolds, and Jacqueline Carr, who, child, I don't know why, in my mind, Jacqueline Carr still looks like a baby, and that is a very grown woman. When I tell you this song is just gorgeous, it's a beautiful song, and just, just, mm. yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful, so I definitely recommend it. I've always been a fan of Kirk, so this, I'm not 
surprised that I didn't like this album. Love it. Um, second thing, I should have maybe made this the first thing, but you know, rest in peace to Suzanne Suzanne Summers. Um, I think it kind of like I saw a lot of people like coming out and saying like they were very very heartbroken. It's like Suzanne Summers passing is kind of like a I don't know. It's like somebody like pinching you. The way it's like it's like a pinch. It's not like it wasn't a shock to my system. It was like like a like a really tight pinch. Like oh hey, I wasn't expecting that. So rest in peace to Suzanne Summers. Um, she will be missed. And I think what it is is that when you think of people like maybe a Suzanne Summers, some people may be like, "Girl, when the last time we saw her?" Like, or they're like, "I didn't know she was still with us." It doesn't matter how long ago it was, because I get that. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. This this is news. I, I didn't know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's like very much like a, hmm, that's so sad. Um, yeah, so what I just said was low-key. Another low-key item. Carly Russell, you know, she, you know, she's had her day in court. She's had consequences to her lying about um, what happened, her situation. Now, let me just say this. So she was found guilty, basically, in a kidnapping hoax. So, um, so and now I can get this right from CNN. So <clears throat> Carly Russell, the Alabama woman who admitted to faking her own kidnapping, has been found guilty of two misdemeanor charges related to the case. Russell had pled not guilty to one count of false reporting to law enforcement authorities and one count of falsely reporting an incident. A judge found her guilty and Russell was sentenced to spend a year in jail and pay nearly $18,000 in restitution. Um, Russell's attorney, Emory Anthony, told CNN affiliate WVTM his client asked for a verdict so they could appeal the case to a circuit court in an effort to avoid jail time. Anthony said Russell does not object to paying restitution, saying, I think anything is fair when it comes to restitution with the expenses that were done. So we have to say that is fair. Anytime you assert restitution, it has to be proven. The amount, 17000 and some hours spent, I would think that would be fair. Anthony said his client has apologized for what she has done, and he wants to make sure her mental state is just fine. Russell staged a kidnapping in July that captured the nation's attention after she mysteriously disappeared after calling 911 to report a child walking along a highway. Officers arrived at the site and found her vehicle and the personal items, but Russell was nowhere to be found. After nearly 49-hour police search, Russell returned home and said she had been abducted, held hostage, and escaped her captors. Authorities continued investigating, soon her, soon the her kidnapping story unraveled. Police investigating the kidnapping found Russell's web searches, including things like, do you have, oh my God, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert and how to take money from a register without being caught? Hoover Police Chief Nick Durzis said her phone search history also included queries for bus tickets from Birmingham to Nashville with the departure date of July 13th, the date she went missing, and searches for the movie Taken, an action film in which a woman is kidnapped by human traffickers. Russell later admitted the, ki- the kidnapping was a hoax. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and we've been talking about this for a few months. So I, th- so I think, first thing. So when it came out to the Carly Russell thing, let's add one nuance there. The reason why it was like, oh, she she faked her kidnapping. Yeah, so I think sometimes we it, what gets buried is that she said that she was trying to help a little white child that was walking along the highway. Please add into the fact that they, she said it was a little white child. 
So after, you know, it came back that it was a hoax, here's, there's a lot of people who have a school of thought or people who are just vocal on social media, maybe that's the verbiage I want to use, where they're saying that, see, she set us back. See, they don't believe us. They don't look for our stuff and you going to lie. Fun fact, at the exact same time that Carly Russell was, this whole thing was going on, a woman literally was missing, a black woman. I don't think they found her. Please stop. At, and it's like, the thing about it is, it's like, it's very disingenuous, disingenuous and woefully obtuse for you to say that this means that nobody ain't going to care. They just en- enlisted an ebony alert in California. If they were literally looking for our girls and women and children and men before, why would we need, why would y'all one need an ebony alert? The thing about it is, it's like, let me just say this and I'm going to keep saying it. It's easy to opt out of something you never really opted into in the first place. As a collective, we don't care when blue black girls go missing, when black women go missing. People report that their young girls are missing. What do they say? Oh, they just bad. She probably just ran away. When it comes to sex trafficking, we're not looking for our girls. So please, the thing about it is it's so easy to just blame Carly Russell when this ain't her fault. And like the thing about it is, it's like, you know, the reason why this really got so big is because black people put it up and made it viral. So a lot of people were saying that I've heard, not a lot of people, I've heard a couple of people say in the last couple of weeks, she did this for clout. She did this for her boyfriend's attention because apparently he was shooting a girl. I don't know. Um, uh, allegedly, it was to get his attention because I guess he was cheating on her or treated her bad or broke her, broke her heart. Here's the thing. Anybody who would do this to get the attention of some man who literally isn't worth your time at all, that is a mental health problem. So she is going to get a year in jail. And she has to pay $18,000. I'm going to say this and I need, to see, and I need y'all to hear me. Um, jail is not where you send someone to get rehabilitated. Jail is where you send people that when you don't want to see them anymore. That young woman needs help. Should like the thing about it is, I think it's laughable that people are like that's right. You wasting all this time. They come and look for somebody else. Who else were they looking for in Alabama? And the bad part about it is, it got so viral because people shared it on their story. That's not wasting resources to me. By literally sharing a story, pushing, like pushing repost, pushing share to my wall, share to my story, making a grid. Girl, y'all, Lord have mercy. Mm, excuse me. I, yeah, I'm yawning because I'm like, the thing about it is y'all being disingenuous. Here's the thing. Jail is not where you rehab somebody. Jail is for punishment. Should she be punished for this? Sure. But the thing about it is, what she actually did wrong is misdemeanors. If you really want to get mad, look at the justice system. But again, I find it very funny that folks that are really like, cops are bad, and this is a crooked system, literally wanting Carly to be punished by the same system is laughable. It has always been the funniest thing ever. Folks really hate the justice system until they want it to work in favor for them. Um, so the thing about it is she, like the thing about it is she's not going to get off scot-free. And there was a guy who had a video where Carly's mother literally is going to literally dog walk him. 
Now, I've watched a few of his other videos, and he is just aggressive. This is how he is. He's, you know, he's a pop, he's a paparazzi on crack, bath salts, special K, every drug you can think of. That's that's how he came off. He's very aggressive. The thing about it is, is that why y'all acting like Carly Russell, like Carly Russell's mother is not Carly Russell's mother, meaning that she had that whole child. That baby came out of her body. Like, are we being serious? I'm like, I think it's hilarious that in the whole idea of no snitching, folks are very much like, why the mother doing this? Y'all literally would let someone's murderer go free because you didn't want to snitch on somebody. Somebody has been SA'd in your neighborhood and y'all ain't saying that. I ain't see nothing. Girl, then y'all should, this is her mother. Like, wh- what? Get out, girl, get out of here. It's like, I can't. Y'all, mm, mm, mm. funny. Okay, so I put the other part of this is um, Candace Owens is saying, "Oh, girl, I'll pay all eighteen thousand dollars of this restitution if you come and talk to me." Here's the deal: if she really doing this for clout, she'll answer her and say. Give me five times that much and I'll see you on Tuesday. If it really is about clout and money. Oh, baby, like paying restitution? No, 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 no. You can pay me a performance fee. You can fly me out. You can take care of everything. Fly me out. Take care of my um, travel expenses to and from. And by the way, add, yeah. You know, I said five times. Let's do six. You really, you really want this, Candace? You ain't got the money. You, oh, actually, no, she might have it. You want to do that? Here's the thing. I'm saying all that, and I'm like, girl, I would rather swim for wet jet the ocean than talk to somebody who is anti-black, anti-Semitic, anti-LGBTQ+, anti-woman. No, I'm not talking to somebody. Girl, I cannot talk to somebody like that. Um, girl, I'm not talking to that alleged demon seed. I'm not doing it. I'm like, and I think it's laughable because the thing about it is you only want to talk to her to make her a joke on your platform. I'm so tired of y'all using black women for y'all clout and y'all content when y'all don't care any other place. And I, and let me tell you something. If you do not see the force beyond the trees when it comes to Candace Owens, so be it. However, comma, if you don't see it, at least call her the broken clock that she fucking is. Because broken clocks are right two times a day. And there probably has been at least a couple of times that Candace Owens has been right about something. I don't know what those things are. I personally don't care. But just saying that, this is how she can float in between these spaces because there's some black man saying, well, she got a point. And, you know, she's so smart. I think it's just the cadence of how she speaks. Everybody sounds extremely smart when they talk like this, when they give quick inflections, when they have a rich tone to their to their voice. I could be saying pumpkins are purple and elephants are pink. It's a just amazing thing. See how that I'm like and I still I just said something stupid in a beautifully smart way. I'm not doing this with y'all. Um let's go mid-key. So apparently, uh just realized that dating is the ghetto. Dating is ghetto. There's two different um. There are two different stories that came out on the Tickety Talk. This is where me and Zell live. She's my neighbor on on TikTok, right? 
Um, so first it was Miss Little Miss 48 out 48 oysters. So a young lady went on out on a date with a man. Uh, uh, <sighs> Lord ever. I, I I can't. Girl, I just mm, girl, I can't. So a young lady decided to go out on a um date with a man. They met up on day. Apparently, they were like there's a lot of um, back and forth of them going out. They never met. Apparently, this was their first date. So, homegirl went viral on TikTok. Uh, this video has been show has been viewed 4.5 million times. I think I'm one of those views. I think I may have sent one. So I'm like, girl, what is happening? Um, so she was on TikTok talking about her um video where it's like she didn't want to go on this first date with this guy, but she ended up going. And she met him at Fontaine's Oyster House. So it's, apparently it's a nice place down in Atlanta. Um, the, the When I saw the video, the restaurant looked very cute. So they had this, um, I guess they had this happy hour special where you can get a dozen of oysters for $15. Right? Okay. Homegirl ordered four dozen oysters and then ordered an entree. Homegirl was like chowing down. Now, a lot of people say she's doing slurping and that sounds gross. I'm like, here's the thing. I'm not someone who likes a raw oyster. I'm a, uh, yeah, I don't, I need it charbroiled or I need it fried. I can't do raw. But there's some people who love them. People who like them, love them, right? I don't know anybody who don't eat raw oysters who don't slurp them down. So I'm very confused why people were like, oh my God, why is she slurping these down? I'm like, I thought that's what you do with raw oysters. But that's neither here nor there, right? Um, so she ordered all of that. Now, the guy was under the impression that we were just meeting for drinks. Homegirl was, like, eating, like, seriously, like, she's about to go to the electric chair. Four dozen oysters. She had a full entree. I think she had a couple of drinks. I think he had one drink, right? So homeboy dipped out on the check. He, like, got up, said he was going to the bathroom. He ain't never come back. It was like, oh, well, okay. Um. It's in my days. It's like I'm so sorry. It's like anybody that I, if you see somebody enjoying food that much, I'm like the food must be good. Um, so I just am like, okay, okay. So she ended up, you know, eating all that, and then people looked at her tip because she put like she she paid for the whole dinner because hello he left, and then people were looking at the fact that she tipped eleven dollars. Um. So it, it was a, a receipt down, and it said $11. And they're like, you only, like, tipped them $11, which she followed up with saying that she put – so everybody knows this is about receipts. You can write in the tip. So apparently she wrote in 15 and then wrote in – you know, she wrote in 15 and then paid 11 So that's a $26 tip. I'm not doing the math because I don't know how much the entree is, but let me just say this. She just bought $60 worth of oysters. Hello, 15 times 4 is 60. See, easy math for me. But I think the whole, let's see. I think the whole, I'm trying to remember what the whole tab was. The tab was about, uh, yeah. So that is, it was $185, found it, $185. So if we're doing like an 18, oh, so, okay. So, her bill came up to $185. Now, she is see she did $11 in cash and $15 in tip. That's $26. Now, let me just say this. If it's $185 and you're doing 18%, 18% tip, 
not knowing if this place includes gratuity, because some places do add it in after a certain time. It may not be added in. Let me just act like it's not. If I'm saying 18%, yeah, it should be about $34 she should have tipped him or her, whoever the server was, okay? So is it short? Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Unless she was taking out whatever that man's drink was, and then it's like, okay, girl, I don't know. But the thing about it is, it's like, if it's close to almost $200, I would think at least it's... So, if I'm doing 20% of... Yeah. I would think at least $35 to $40 if it's close to uh, 185 If I'm going above 18%. Because I would think... Because that's the thing. I don't know what the service was like. So, if I'm at like 185 and 18% of that, that's $34. I mean, it's $33.30. Girl, we're not doing a cent. We rounded it up, bitch. I know it's under five. We're rounded up to 34 So, it's still short. That's fine. Um, so, the thing about it is, it's like... The different dynamics on this um, this take was interesting. Uh, the fact that she could put away four dozen oysters and then still have a whole entree. I don't know if she bagged it up and, you know, took the rest of the entree home because I'm, I don't know what she did, girl. I don't. But he walked out and left. And it was kind of like there's a lot of different schools of thought. My school, my, my first thought was that is, yeah, 48, 48 oysters and 47 oysters too many for me. But also, I need people to communicate better. Um, because I feel like there could... Oh, okay. Oh, I found what she had. So she had four dozens of oysters, and then she proceeded to eat a plate of potatoes and crab cakes. Girl, I just... Okay, I can't. I'm like, mm, that's a lot. So the thing about it is I feel like Y'all could have, and I'm not about splitting, like, going Dutch on dates. In this instance, I probably would have been like, no, I can understand why you would have did that. Because I'm ordering, if I'm, like, nursing a whiskey sour and you're putting away half the damn ocean, yeah, we doing Dutch on this. And I, the thing about it is, I think she probably would be fine with that. It ain't tricking if you got it. Also, I hope Fontaine's is enjoying an uptick on people coming to like, like I need to see why the hell this woman kept like ordered four dozen oysters from y'all, um, from y'all restaurant. I would have to know. I'm like, girl, how good are these oysters? Because homegirl was literally eating the shit out of these oysters. So there's that. Um, I just mm. okay. So let me just add on. So we went from Fontaine's to the Cheesecake Factory. So a woman met a man. Because um, the Cheesecake Factory went viral. And I was like... It was actually kind of funny. Um, because I was like, wait, why the Cheesecake Factory... Um, why, why are they trending? Because I'm like, girl. So apparently... Oh, excuse me. The guy that, went on the, that was supposed to go on a date with her... You know he making the rounds, people trying to find him and, and, like, get, like, his side of the story. Girl, it ain't no side of the Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so a woman and a man are going out on a first date. This man, uh, uh, she was, like, in the car, um, and she was complaining that she didn't want to get out of the car, um, because he's like, he wanted to take me to the Cheesecake Factory. Huh. Now, 
we're all about like girl knowing your worth. And there's some people who are like chain restaurants aren't my thing. I'm going to say this chain restaurants. It depends on the restaurant. Me, there's certain restaurants. I'm not going to say here because I don't want y'all to get mad at me. Um, there's certain restaurants. I'm like, girl, never. For a date, it's a lot of different places you can go. I'm not going to go, oh, my God, you brought me to um, TJI Fridays. I hate it. Girl, I don't. Girl, I'm going to give me a good drink. After a certain time, it probably turns into a club. And I can get me um, some Jack Daniels chicken. Like, what's that? What's, what's tea? So it's a lot of different places you can go. So this date, so this is Miss Monique. Monique is on the Tickety Talks, talking about how she want to get. Out to so she kind of omitted, negated to say she took a whole. Yo, oh, I'm sorry. It's been a very long week. I'm so sorry. Um, so Miss Monique has decided <clears throat> she was better than the Cheesecake Factory. Negating the fact that she literally was taking almost an hour to, she, they, they were supposed to go to a different restaurant. She took almost 40, uh, over 45 minutes to get ready. So here's the, here was the deal. Her date came to pick her up. She didn't allow her date to come into her home, which part of me, I'm like, oh, okay. If it was like 10, five, 10 minutes, I would say that. But if it's damn near hour, they could come in. Cause hello, he already knows where the hell you live. Like what, what what's going on? Here's the thing. Yeah, first date, we can meet out. So here's the thing. I'm going to say this very shady, and I mean it. I saw the video of, of, of Miss Lady. Maybe I need to see her whole um, outfit, but let me tell you this. You left him waiting at 49 minutes, and you look like that. She's not an ugly woman. It's just... That's not forty. That, that's not me sitting in my car forty nine minutes worthy of glam. Yeah, I said it. But she's very pretty, by the way. She is. So then it became like this, like argument. So here's the thing. I see a lot of red pill guys or guys who are very very vocal and can't get off TikTok, IG live talking about black women, saying that black women don't hold them accountable. We don't hold each other accountable. You know. You done fucked up royally when my girl Glam Melanin, and I just like following her. I'm saying, I'm like, I have not met this woman. I kind of would like to meet her though. Um, you know it's bad when she's like, I cannot believe y'all gonna, she said something, Shonda said something. The people that you expect, like, and these are women that are pro-women. I'm pro-woman too, mind you. I just shaded the hell out of her glam, but I'm still pro-woman, right? The fact that they're just like, she is wrong. And y'all not say anything because these are the main people y'all come after. Like, y'all hold these other women accountable. Yes, we do. We just don't hold them accountable when y'all fuck up. See how that work? We hold you accountable when you fuck up. And I'm sorry, keeping somebody waiting like over 45 minutes in a car, we're late for the place that I wanted to take you and you mad about the Cheesecake Factory. Let me tell you something. I don't have a regular at the Cheesecake Factory. I can tell you that right now. I have a regular, I don't even have a regular cheesecake that I like because it's a lot of them I do like. It's like, what is your regular at um, Cheesecake Factory? Usually a piece of cheesecake that I take home with me. I, yeah, a dish, yeah, the burgers are good. Their salads are good. There's a few pasta dishes that are really good. But the thing about it, that's like the menu at Cheesecake Factory is the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's the Wikipedia of menus. It's a whole bunch of shit on there, and that shit keep changing. So I'm like, I, 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 don't, 
I don't know. What's the normal thing? I don't know. What y'all normally get a cheese cracker? Somebody tell me. Because I don't have a normal thing that I get from the cheese cracker. I don't. Like, I really don't. I don't have a regular choice. I don't. Usually when I go to, if I go to the Cheesecake Factory and sit down with anybody, it takes me a minute to figure out something to eat. But if some, and I'm someone, someone who, when I go to restaurants, I try to get stuff that I know I can't make at home. Sometimes I get stuff that I can make at home. But usually, especially if I'm going to a nice place, I try to get stuff that I know I can't have at home. Or better yet, that I don't make at home usually. So, there's that. So the thing about it, if you're someone who is like indecisive like me, because I'm a little bit indecisive when I go to places, unless I've been to that place and I know I'm like, girl, when I go here, I get X. I think the Cheesecake Factory is fine. One, it could be a good ambiance. This also was a fucking first date, girl. I'm like, no. And the fact that people were just like, girl, um, she's wrong. She's wrong. But the thing about it is, she did what was right for her. I can sit here and say, girl, I wouldn't do that. So let me, maybe wrong is not the word I want to use. That's not something I would do. It's not right for me. Because one, first thing is no person, first date, he would not be coming to pick me up. So that's the first thing. But for me, meeting out is totally fine. The other thing about it is it made me think about the whole um, influx of coffee dates. Now, on the surface, coffee dates are fine. I think where the rub is, and I think that's where um, there's a few men and women who don't um, who don't see that part. It's the intention of the suggestion of a coffee date. Now, the thing about it is, I can enjoy myself in a coffee bar, a Starbucks, heck, a, bar, a, a Starbucks within a Barnes and Nobles. Like it is a cool spot if you want to sit and have a nice, long, leisurely conversation with someone over some good coffee and a nice pastry or a bagel. I don't have a problem with that. But if your intention is, I'm going to invite them on coffee day because I don't feel like wasting no money on this woman. It's like, okay, so then, no. Coffee dates are not the issue. The intention behind the coffee date is the issue. That That's where this is. <sighs> but yeah, dating was ghetto this couple of weeks. I, girl, okay. High key. Two things in high key. The first, <clears throat> right now there is a genocide that is happening internationally. If you have not been on social media, have not gone on the Googles, have not been on any part, have not seen any videos, then you know that the um, conflict between Israel and Palestine has been going on for at least 75 years. And apparently it hit ahead in the last couple of weeks because of a group called Hamas and the notion that someone said um, that people were being abducted, which is allegedly true. I'm still saying allegedly. Um, and that there were babies being um Unalived, and then it went from babies being unalived to babies being um, um, decapitated. So much so that the sitting president said he saw those pictures and videos. He said he saw it. People are saying it. And then it turned into, I stand with Israel all over social media. 
come to find out that's not necessarily true. And then the White House had to walk that back and say he never saw any videos or photos of ba- of Israeli children being unalived. Now, mind you, um, no one is saying that it, there are not Israeli um, hostages because it's hostages. Woo. Um, cause it seems like there are, cause it seems like there are videos of people putting up saying my child was taken, um, or my loved one was taken. So no one is saying that Hamas, this group who in one term is characterized as a terrorist group and the other is a group that ops that operates outside of government because the government that is running in Palestine is not Palestinian. It's the Israeli government. So Hamas is like, it seems like it's its own little, um, seems like its own group. <sighs> so the thing about it is, is like, we're talking about a lot of people are putting up like videos of people who have been taken hostage by Hamas which is a group. It is not synonymous with Palestine, but the Palestinian people are actually the victims of this. Mind you, they've been dealing with this like for 75 years, living in a like living in a state of fear for 75 years. Um 50% of the population in that country is children. No one's worried about these children. Now there are actual videos and photos of like because they're running out of Space, children's bodies are in ice cream trucks. Palestinian children. A lot of the people who are like, oh my gosh, why didn't you think about the children? You don't see a lot of them talking about this. It's like, are you talking about the kids in the ice cream trucks? And now um, there's a couple of videos that were doctored. Um, Because the talking about the kids being um, beheaded... The 40 children, that was the start of an avalanche of misinformation about what is happening. And then you saw Palestinian activists saying, y'all have no idea what's happening right now. And what they're saying is not true. Because let me just say this really quick. The Palestinian people, the activists that have been on the ground, boots on the ground, talking about this for literally as long as they've had air in their lungs. None of them has said that the, the Hamas group has literally not abducted people. None of them have said that. Nobody. None of them. They're saying that the whole, the picture that you were getting about what's happening here is fraud. That is what they are saying. You got the Israeli government saying they're going to stop power and water to a country that's population 50% children or just turning on power three hours out of a 24-hour day. And a lot of the people who are like, why are you not talking about us and why are you not standing with Israel are saying nothing about that. Um, allegedly, Palestinians were told that they need to leave um, Gaza and go on this safe road. And if I'm speaking out of turn about the place where it's supposed to be, please let me know. But yeah, the safe road is supposed to travel. That got air, that was an airstrike and that got bombed. Hundreds of people are, are dead. Thousands of people are injured. A lot of them are children. And the folks that were like, why are you not talking about Israel standing with us? Y'all are not saying anything about that. You do not. You, the thing about it is, it's like, 
I've seen a lot of videos. The videos that I have seen for the people who are Palestinian um, activists who are about hashtag free Palestine, none of them are actually negating that Hamas took hostages. I just want to keep pointing that out because it becomes like either you're with us or against us. I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing this with you. Because if that is the case, then that means a lot more white people should be more vocal about the Ku Klux Klan. And y'all not. Y'all act like, well, I mean, you know, y'all very wishy-washy on that kind of shit. Y'all wishy-washy. Y'all don't even want black people to say that the real, the Civil War is about slavery. Y'all literally want to argue it down. Confederate statues were not even, like the majority of them, were not even like famous people or like high-ranking like people in the Civil War. It's like a random-ass Confederate soldier. Y'all are so wishy-washy about our history, so how dare you sit in anybody's face and say, let me tell you about the history. I'm like, y'all don't even know what the fuck happened in our country. And you want to tell people how they should be reacting to what's happening in their country? Get the fuck out of here. How are you telling Palestinians anything? Who are you? Who are you to say that? Y'all don't even, even know the real reason for Juneteenth. Y'all don't even know the real meaning behind that. Y'all don't know the Trail of Tears. You don't know the Tulsa Massacre. You don't know about Rosewood. You don't know this shit. You don't know about the watch rights. You do not know shit. So how dare you try to tell, like, act like I know what's happening. No, the fuck you do not. How about you shut up and listen? And the thing about it is, it's like, yeah, I, I know homegirl from under the desk news. I'm like, she stuck her foot in it because it's kind of like it's easy for you to just turn off social media because that ain't your life right now. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to do that. I will never tell you. Let's just take a break this weekend. It's like, girl, there are millions of people without water and power. And you said, turn off, just take a break. Turn off those notifications on your iPhone. Girl, fuck you. <laughs> and this is why it's like, oh, shut up. Because the thing about it, the, fo the folks that were very, very pro-Israel in the beginning when all this came out, seemingly are very quiet right now. Because you realize Hamas taking hostages, a massacre at a festival, that is enough. You don't have to add misinformation onto it. And the fact that y'all are not saying anything about kids in ice cream trucks and saying, oh, just turn it off if you don't want to deal with it. How very white of you to say that. This is 75 years. You look at anybody talking about free girl, baby, do your Googles. Because I know I did. If it's on your FYP, just watch the video. Because now you know that some of y'all have lost y'all damn minds because now you see people who are Jewish or Israeli going, y'all are wrong about this. And please understand, it's a lot bigger than y'all think it is. It's not, the thing about it is like people are using the word complicated. It's not complicated. It's just a lot of, say with me, Taria, nuance. It's a lot of nuance to this. A lot and the thing about it is, at the center of this nuance is a population, 50% of children that are under 18 and in danger. And the Israeli government saying out of their mouth, allegedly, that 
No, no. Our issue is not just with Hamas. It's with all of Palestine. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. When we went after Al-Qaeda, was it about the whole country or just that group? And the bad part about it is just getting that group, there's a lot of people that got harmed. Innocent bystanders because they were just in the proximity. And then you see things happening back here. You see it on both sides. People are being anti-Semitic. People are coming after Palestinians. A man literally stabbed a little six-year-old boy to death. For no reason, other than he was Palestinian and he was Muslim. That's the only reason why. Not this little boy picked up a gun and tried to shoot him or anything. He was not doing that to protect himself. He stabbed that boy's mama and he stabbed that little boy to death. And he better be in fucking jail and never leaving. That's the kind of thing that you see. The thing about it is, I'm old enough to remember what happened September 12, 2001. You're me why I'm saying September 12th. Because that's when the Islamophobia truly, truly started. Revved up. I remember Yara Shahidi had did like this, um, I don't know if it's a TED Talk, it was just a presentation where she was talking about media and terrorist attacks. And how all of a sudden terrorists became, went from being white to brown. And you want to get a, um, a good example of that? <clears throat> Die Hard. Die Hard. Now remember, the terrorist was a German white guy. A German guy. Even Die Hard with Avengers. Fantastic movie, by the way. Samuel L. Jackson loved him. Who was that? A whole bunch of white German dudes. And then slowly but surely in the 90s, all of a sudden, terrorists became Middle Eastern and brown. And the thing about this, it was done so effortlessly that people didn't notice. And I was like, huh, that's right, because Hans Gruber was the terrorist in Die Hard. Jeremy Irons played his brother in Die Hard with Vengeance. White guy still. Then all of a sudden it stopped being about German people and all of a sudden it was Middle Eastern people and Muslim people because Middle Eastern and Muslim are not synonymous, by the way, because there are Middle Eastern people who are Jewish and Christian. I mean, I don't know. I don't make the rules. Um, so there's that. This is like, this situation is not complicated. It is just gut-wrenching and traumatic, but not more traumatic than the Palestinians. And the folks and the Israelis whose loved ones have been taken hostage. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this very clearly. Um, I know a few people who are is I know a few people who are Israeli that have really um, also done this thing. When they started coming at black people and saying, why are y'all not defending us? Why are you not standing up for us? Saying things like, we march for Black Lives Matter. I said this at the beginning of this episode. When you have not, it's easy to opt out of something you never really opted into in the first place. So anybody who says that to you, I can't believe this. Well, I'm like, I'm done because you're not standing up for me. It's like, wish them well. Tell them to have the day that they deserve. Because who the fuck do you think you are? You want reciprocal allyship in a situation that seemingly you're not exactly right in here. 
And again, we are not talking about Hamas taking hostages. Not that part. But you're acting like it's so bad for us. I'm like, huh. A little six-year-old boy got stabbed to death just by existing. You don't know what that little boy could have did in this world. That does not negate the fact that there are Israeli families who are missing their loved ones because they were taken. Also, by the way, they're also saying that whole bloodlines of Palestinian people have been killed. Like their whole bloodline has been erased. Do you know how many people that has to take? Well, you erase a whole bloodline. Like this is fucking Game of Thrones. And you want me to feel bad for you. I, let me tell you something. I had to mute somebody this week. I have no problem doing that shit. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm like, girl, wrong road, wrong road. Do not, like, girl, do not come, like, you want to go argue, argue with somebody else. Do not bring that shit here. Do not come to my DMs, do not to my comments. Don't come, don't email me with no bullshit, lady. If you are not talking about kids, Palestinian kids being in ice cream trucks, Half the population of the Palestinian population is 50% kids under 18 and they're going out food and water and electricity up uh, 21 hours out of a 24-hour day because they said they'll turn it over three hours. Kids here being stabbed, people coming after Muslims. So let's be very clear. It's anti-Semitism and Islamophobia happening at the exact same time. Get the And xenophobia. Get the fuck out of my face. Stop it. Baby, if you're not talking about, if you are not talking about the atrocities that has been happening in Palestine for 75 years, you can miss me. And if you need to block me, bitch, block me. I ain't gonna block you back. You do what the fuck you want to do. I I ain't gonna stop you from seeing me. Block me, bitch. Block me. Okay? Block me. The last thing I want to talk about is Will and Jada. (laughs) but not the reason what y'all think. So here's the deal. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith is writing a book. She wrote a memoir. This is the year of the black woman in a memoir. I kind of want to read Carrie's. Garcelle did one. Garcelle from Beverly Hills. She did one. Look here. Memoirs are from people that people want to know about their life because they're like, my life ain't no crystal stair. She is on a promotional tour of said book. If you want a good case study of misogyny, please watch how people are reacting to Jada Pinkett talking about her life and the stuff that you may not have known about her and Will. Here's the deal. In her book, she mentions that her and Will have been separated for damn near seven years. She has never brought this up. She has never said anything. Ever. She has not even said anything. There is like the biggest thing. So it's kind of like, it's very interesting. So a few years ago, Jada started this show called The Red Table Talk. It's her and her mama, stunning black woman. I can't, I can't stand it. I love it. I love their cheek. It is the cheekbone show because I love it because they got to, I, I just want to bite Jada on her cheekbone. I really do. She has great cheekbones. Um, Where it is touted as being a place where you get put stuff on the table. So they made the table red. And essentially, it's a place where you can be transparent. Now, let me say this about transparency. Transparency is not edited. 
Meaning, if you're going to be transparent, you're showing everything. Whether it's cute or no. Cute and makes you look good. Transparency is transparency. Not edited. So there is it. So, you know, initially it was just Jada talking about her life, talking about different subjects, you know, self-love, ending her beef with Gabrielle Union, just like different stuff, addiction, but not really about her life, right? August Alcina, fast forward, August Alcina was on one of the episodes talking about addiction. Fast forward, August Alcina does a interview with Angelie and brings up that him and Jada bumped uglies. He just brought it up. I'm like, I don't even know why this came up. And because folks knew that Jada Pinkett Smith had a damn show on Facebook, they were like, I don't know. She wants, like, she better say something. So, of course, it's like, okay, let's address it. So, again, this whole thing about entanglement, the phrase entanglement, Jada bringing it up, Jada sitting down talking about Will, the memes about Will, this is direct reaction. Reaction. To August Alsina. This would have never came up if he hadn't said anything. You want to know why? Because she's been, they've been separated for fucking years. <laughs> years. Y'all didn't know. We didn't know. So for everybody to say that Jada telling us her whole business, really? So why didn't she say anything? How long? She did that red table talk for years. She ain't never mentioned that she was separated from her husband. Ever. They've been separated for seven years. She never said anything. Let me also add in this part. Will Smith released a book, November 9th, 2021. In that book, he mentions, we are separated. He said that in his book. Here's the difference between him and Jada. He ain't do no promotional tour for his book. At most, they were like black-owned book um, stores across the country that did beautiful painted glass windows from different chapters of the book. But he did not do a promotional tour, so a lot of people didn't know that. So this man said almost two years ago what she is saying today and, pe- and people are giving her shit for it. I'm like, girl, what, what am I happening? So here's the deal. For a very long time, Will and Jada did not talk about their life. It's like they find, you know, it's like, that's the thing. They barely had social media. Will Smith just got on Instagram, what, two or three years ago? Around the start, well, let's see, 2023. It's 2023. So around the start, like a little bit after the pandemic started. He didn't have, I feel like they, of course, probably had handles, but they didn't use them like that. So that was the other thing. If you really think they really wanted, like, everything out there, mm. So the thing about it is what bothers me is that we tell like black women should be like one, they were the ones who really championed gentle parenting. People are like, what the hell is going on? And now you see people trying to do gentle parenting. I'm like, they've always done that. They've kind of just walked their own lane. And the thing about it is them being separated all this time and not being divorced. Then it became, why didn't y'all just get divorced? Like y'all don't know people who either are common law married because they never went down to the courthouse to get married or they are separated, but they ain't never go down to the courthouse to like draw up the papers because getting divorced is expensive. Y'all know people like this, that like they've been separated for a good decade. People have been separated longer than the Smiths and they still not getting divorced. There's that. It's like, I, I don't, 
it's very interesting that a lot of people say, take us out the group chat. I'm like, people have been asking for years to be put into said group chat. See, this is the problem. Y'all want to be in an edited group chat. Not a transparent group chat. Transparency means everything on the fucking table. Even when it make you look bad. Edited group chat is like, I'm going to show you my, my cute side, but not my whole side. You got what you wanted, but you lost what you had. You didn't need to know all this stuff about the Smiths, but y'all wanted to know. The hashtag, y'all. And if you say, not me, girl, I'm not talking. If, if you come to me and say, not me, girl, I'm not talking about you. But please watch how people are talking about Jada. As if. Will is not a grown-ass man and he made the choice to go walk up the steps and go smack some man in the face. Now, here's the deal. I have maintained this since this happened. What I... Now, I wouldn't have gotten up on that stage and smacked Chris Rock, but I understand. Here's the deal. Me and him would have to have words at one of the after parties. But here's the other thing to that. I feel like he could have did that and someone still would have said he was dead-ass wrong. He could have did this at a party where notoriously they don't have a whole bunch of cameras or photos. You don't see, I think a lot of those um, Oscar after parties, you can't have your phone out. You don't see a lot of photos and videos from inside those Oscar parties. So that's really where I would have literally said something to his ass. But that's just me. That is just me. Jada is not the villain that y'all making her to be. You want to know why? Because one, y'all have not said jack shit about what the stuff Will Smith said out of his pussy eating lips. Y'all have never said anything about what he said. He literally said it's not my responsibility to make her happy. Go off. Like I quit. You know what? I like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm not even going to try to like, I'm not even trying to work at this marriage anymore. You go find out what you need to do to be happy. I'm going to add the TikTok at the end of this episode of the woman reading directly from his fucking book when he said that. But please, let's talk about poor Will. It's odd for me to watch people <clears throat> say that Jada is emasculating a black man while y'all are infantilizing him at the exact same time. <laughs> it's weird to me. The thing about it is, do you know, I'm not even on the hate Jada train. And you know what's really funny? I still have not watched any of her interviews about her book. It's so easy to not see these things. Do you know how easy it's not? Because I ain't going to go look for it. I'm like, if I look for it, I'm like, I guess. But I'm still not even looking for it. Um, Kevin Stage did a really good video where he said, y'all say y'all hate Jada. But looking at how much like clicks and views you get if you talk about them, don't seem like y'all do. It's like, because y'all don't. I think a lot of people are like, ooh, look, ooh, good. It's my like, let me jump in the pool with everybody else to hate on a black woman. I find it very interesting, because this is the other part that I it, oh my god, girl, get us out of the group chat. Why we gotta know all your business? Meanwhile, y'all love the Kardashians. They've been telling us our business for what, 20 something years? Y'all ain't never say did us out of the group chat. Chloe's in. Issues with every man she's ever been with publicly. The things going on with Courtney and how Courtney slapped a black off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Courtney, I swear, I don't know what it is about watching Courtney like slap somebody. It's just like, girl, let me get into a fight. It's so crazy. I cannot. 
and we're not even gonna talk about Kim Kardashian. I'm sorry, were y'all telling us to get us out the group chat when we like we are getting all this stuff about Kim and Kanye? They write Instagram, everything. Kanye got a documentary. There is a documentary right now on HBO Max, Kim's side and Kanye's side. Are y'all saying get us out the group chat with that? Again, if you want a real case study of misogyny and misogynoir, please look at how Jada Pinkett Smith is being treated. Anybody asking you to buy her fucking book? Anybody asking you to watch anything that she's doing? But the fact that you're watching it and just like watching just to hate her or you're spreading misinformation because a lot of y'all doing that shit. It's like, girl, you do realize Will already said this two years ago, but because he didn't know no book here, y'all didn't. Y'all didn't know, but here's the thing. I feel like if he did the book, book tour, y'all still wouldn't care. Y'all would still say fuck Jada forever. I'm too old to sit here and think that the destruction of the marriage is just on one person solely. Unless it's literally like one of them being completely physically abusive, breaking bones, someone like a serious, like, yeah, someone who is like unalive, their partner, then we can have a discussion. But your partner literally having to stop her career, the career that both of y'all are in, so that she could raise children. Because remember, in the, in the Red Table Talk, there's a clip. Will said, her babies, not our children, her babies. She stopped her career to be a full, more of a full-time parent. Meanwhile, Will, Mr. De- Mr. Independence Day box office, $20 million a picture, he ain't had to slow down at all. And then she felt unfulfilled. That is what we're looking at. And for people to really shit on Jada about this, it's just like, I, I'm like, I'm just have agree, agree to disagree. But baby, please understand what this looks like. Please. Give Jada a break. Because y'all damn sure not doing this with the Kardashians. Please let me know if y'all are. Y'all not. It's like, I kind of wish Jada and Will handle like the way that Jay-Z and Beyonce kind of handle it. Like they let their music speaks for like what's going on. They ain't sitting around with social media. Hell, Beyonce don't even put like captions on most of her posts. She just put the pictures out and go. She don't follow nobody. I think I almost lost my mind once when I said, oh my God, Beyonce got an Instagram story. People are like, she do that? I'm like, girl, it must not be that often. Because how I miss this. Baby, Beyonce be up on Mount Olympus, not paying us no mind. Come down, throw a thunderbolt at our ass of music or like content and then go back up to the damn mountain. And I kind of wish Jada had done that. But the thing about it is, it's like, I kind of don't see a problem with any black woman just saying how she feels without being judged. It's bad enough we get judged by everybody that's non-black that have treated us like we not human. We ain't women because we black. Yeah, check that. Y'all might want to look that up before y'all do this. Um, we not important. We three-fourths of a person. We even less. We have never been the demographic of ladies of leisure. We may go into a hospital to have a baby. We may not make it out. But yes, let's treat other black women like shit. Baby, our demographic is strong in spite of 
everything that is thrown at us. We got the call coming from inside the house and down the fucking street when it comes to us. And to watch other black women dog her is just sad. And I'm not saying that you should like her. I really don't. It's like, baby, just take a step back and look. Dogpiling because you don't want to hear Jada speak, but y'all will clamor for Kim is really going to bother me and it still is. And if you want to come to my DMs and justify it, baby, please be prepared. Baby, show all your work. I'm like, but let me know when people are telling Kim to shut the fuck up. Girl, I'm tired of it. You may say, I'm like, do they call people, like the Kardashians, culture vultures? Yup. You ever tell them to shut up? No, because y'all still watch them. Or you give them benefit of the doubt. Well, they got black people out of jail. The Smiths introduced gentle parenting. They have a child who literally wanted to help bring water, clean water to Flint, trying to get meals to homeless people, vegan meals. Everybody's like, that's so silly. I'm like, yeah, well, some, yeah. Um, I know there are people who are facing homelessness. You know, okay. Hey, hi. Some of them still have fucking food allergies. <laughs> some people are like, maybe they, like, some of them might be lactose intolerant, have a gluten allergy, might be allergic to like peanuts. <laughs> like, girl, <sighs> I cannot. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, y'all, can y'all just give Jada a break? She's doing a promotional tour for a memoir. It's a 400 plus book that she um, that she wasn't going to put out. She had started writing it last year. She wasn't going to put it out. But I'm sorry. It's your truth. Put it out. That's how I feel about Carrie. Carrie Washington don't like girl. I don't even know what the hell. Huh? If if her husband wasn't a NFL like a NFL player, ex NFL player, we won't know who the fuck he looked like because she would never talk about him. I don't know what her kids look like. And that works for her. And now she's being a little bit more transparent about what's going on for her life. Let black women do what they want to do. Let them, like, stop trying to tell black women how they should be. Stop trying to say you're a masculine black man as y'all infantilize him at the exact same time. Because let's be very clear. There's nothing about this that says poor Will. Because the thing about it is, y'all ain't been listening to what Will Smith has been saying. He's been saying a whole lot, baby. But anyway, y'all, this has been the Mocha Minutes Podcast. I told y'all I wasn't going to be here for long. It's a little bit longer than I thought I was going to be. But, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Definitely hoping to have a recap of Afros and Audios. I might have to tap my girl, Niamati, and my girl, Leo Rochelle, from the Fat Girl Chronicles. Let me tell you something. We owe each other an episode. <laughs> we Oh, we just like collab on our podcast. It's so crazy. Um, but yeah, y'all, thank you for listening, and I will be back. Bye. Just kidding. Bye. <coughs> Part two in Will's words. <coughs> Jada and I didn't speak anymore in Santa Fe. We didn't speak on the fight back to Los Angeles. We didn't speak for a few days after we got home. Our marriage wasn't working. We could no longer pretend. We were both miserable and clearly something had to change. I retire, I said. I retire from trying to make you happy. You are free. 
You need to go make yourself happy and prove to me that it's even possible. But I quit. You go do you and I'm going to go do me. Jada and I were suffering the brutal death of our romantic fantasies, the burning away of the idealistic illusion of the perfect marriage and the perfect family. Neither of us wanted a divorce. We knew we loved each other and some aspects of our union were magical. But the structure of the life that we had established was strangling both of us. We'd gotten married in our 20s. We were now in our 40s. Our unhealed inner children were choking the shit out of each other. And that had to stop. We both had work to do. And we agreed that the phase, that this phase would not be together. The painful awakening was to the reality that we were two separate people on two independent individual journeys. We had simply chosen to walk this portion together. We cried like crazy, hugged, and agreed to let each other go. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart. Jada sent me this quote from Cahil Gibran and repeat it over and over, what's true will remain. We had concluded that no one can make a person happy. You can make a person smile. You can compose a moment that helps a person to feel good. You can deliver a joke that makes a person laugh. You can create an environment where a person feels safe. We can and must be helpful and kind and loving, but whether a person is happy or not is utterly out of your control. Every person must wage a solitary internal war for their own contentment. We agreed that Jada's happiness had to be her responsibility and my happiness had to be my responsibility. We were going to seek our distinct innermost personal joys and then we were going to return and present ourselves to the relationship and to each other already happy not coming to each other begging with empty cups, demanding the other person fulfill our needs. We felt that this vampiric relational model was unfair, unrealistic, destructive, even abusive. To place the responsibility for your happiness on anybody other than yourself is a recipe for misery. From his own words, folks. So all those jokes about whether or not he's just finding out today? Shush. Shush. He already told us, but we just didn't, we didn't clock in until now. 